you to envision something for me. You are on a dirt road. And that dirt road is in the first century. And you're walking down a path that's familiar to you because you saw three days ago a body be laid in a tomb. And as you go down that dirt road, all of a sudden you notice that the the rock that was in front is no longer in front. And and you decide, you decide that you're going to get real close. And you begin to quicken your pace. And you begin to run down. And as you get to the tomb and get inside, you discover there's no body. You expected a body, but there is no body. And on top of that, you realize, because an angel shows up and tells you he is not here. You are looking for the living among the dead. He is not here because he is risen. And you give your own little cheer because in that moment you realize everything he said has come true. But now you realize you got a whole bunch of people you got to tell. And so we're going to, before we sit down, we're going to give the same shout that you would give when you ran back from that tomb to the house where your best friends, where your family was, and you burst through the door you imagine the emotion you would let loose in that moment to tell them he is risen so on the count of three we are going to give one of the almightiest praises because it's the excitement we're running down we're getting to the house we're going to burst open the door and we're telling our family y'all the shout of praise that we lift up is for our community today because they need to know the tomb is empty so on the count of three we are going to give the loudest shout we can ready one two three because the tomb is empty today. You may have a seat. Man, we could just close in prayer right there, huh? Well, welcome. Welcome. If you're here and your mom told you she was going to buy you lunch, and, and, uh, you ended up here and you're like, I don't know where I'm at right now. Uh, we love you. Welcome. Welcome. If you're here today and, uh, man, this is your last ditch effort. Because you were going down the road and you saw a sign that said Easter and something triggered inside of you and you got in a long line of traffic. And you were greeted by an amazing serve team who helped you find a parking spot and they navigated you up here and you forgot a chair and and you may be on the grass or you may be in a chair. You're just here. And you don't even know what your soul needs today. I I, want to encourage you, you're not here by chance today. It's not an accident that you sit in this space today. It's not an accident if you tuned in on our online campus And you're sitting at home going, man, I I was going to go somewhere and didn't, but I ended up here. Like, welcome. But if you're that person that this is your last ditch effort, I want you to know today's your day. You're not here by chance. God's got something for you. If you're here and, and you think that Easter is just about you cheering, I got news for you, family. We're going to do some work today. Because what I believe about us as humanity 
is that every single one of us has something today that Jesus needs to take care of. Every single one of us, this is what unites us, is that every single one of us has something in our heart, in our soul today, that the tomb needs to take, that we need to leave behind today. And so if you came and you think you are righteous and you are holy and you got it all together, I got news for you. You don't. Because if we get real honest, if we get real, real honest, there's pride in all of us. If we get real, real honest, there's things in our week that we probably prefer not to have in our week. There's reactions to people we probably prefer probably preferred not to have and so can we just all today today i know it's easter and i know we get dressed up on easter and i know we look pretty on easter and i know like easter is like our day to to put on our church face but can we put on our human face today what i mean by that is can, can we just all come on the same level footing today and just gone i don't have it all together easter isn't for the person that, that, you know, the one that never goes to jail. Like, no, 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 no. Easter is for all of us. And so today, can we just kind of walk into this moment going, God, I'm human, and I need you today. And we're going to talk about what that looks like today for me. But God, I'm looking for a miracle today in an empty tomb. God, I need a miracle from an empty tomb today because there's parts of me that need to die today so that I can live. Can we agree on that today? Because that's where we're going. And so if you're here and you fit any of those categories, welcome. If the ultimate category you fit is this, you're human, (laughs) then you're welcome. If you're not human, I don't know. Good luck. Uh, I really want to meet you if you're not. Um, You remember, uh, remember school? Some of you are like, yeah, I remember it. I'm in it, right? But for those of you that are a little older, you remember school? You remember tests? Everybody remember tests? Oh, man. Like, some of the tests were great. Some of them were like, you look forward to it, right? For me, it was the one where it was a group project, right? If it was a group project, I was more than happy. Here's why. Group projects normally went like this. The really smart people did all the work, and then... Because I can run my mouth, right? I would go, I'll present it. And then what happened is they would work like three, four nights on it, get to class, hand it to you, and you stand up and run your mouth. And I'm like, it's a gift from God. This is easy, right? And, and so, so group projects were my thing. Some of you were like, man, I hated group projects. When we had to go in front of the class, man, I would prefer to die than go in front of the class. Or you remember, uh, maybe for you, like essays were it. I wasn't bad at essays. Essays were like, you could talk a whole bunch and just fill your words. And so for me, like essays were, they came a little, little easy, little easy. My, one of my favorites, multiple choice, any multiple choice people, cause you could guess your way through. Yeah, there you are, my people. Yeah, you could guess your way through because uh, they gave you the answers. Like how hard is that? I never understood open book. I still don't to this day. Like, I don't know what that proves, but you do it anyways, right? Some teacher's going to come to me later and be like, uh, this is why we do open book. You know the ones I hated? Fill in the blank. Ugh. Man, I had a teacher in college 
And that teacher would, uh, he would teach, fill in the blank, and then he would say at his test time, he goes, it's all the notes I've ever given you up to this point. And I'm like, dear God, there's no way. And he was the type that if you misspelled it, you didn't get credit. I'm like, so it's fill in the blank and I got to know how to spell both things. I'm not good. But here's the thing, right? Because because we've been talking this morning and I lost my sign. So we'll use that one. There you go. You've seen it multiple times in multiple spaces leading up to this. But there is a blank today. That if you fill it in, it's going to determine who you are. You see, the way you fill in, the way you fill in the blank today, what you describe after he is, and we're just going to be real clear that he is Jesus today. The way you fill in the blank, like this might be the most important test of your life. But I got good news. It doesn't matter if you can spell. It matters what the content is today. And and see, what happens is, is in this moment, as, as you are filling it in, what you're actually doing is when you begin to define he is, you're defining who you are. And today I just want to walk through some stories, if you'll let me. Some stories of people, and it's really, really important because these people, like they they were eyewitnesses. They were in the moment. And, and, and they defined Jesus a certain way. But you see, if they never changed, there's, there's major ramifications for who they are coming out of that. If you have a Bible today, we're going to be in... Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 20. John, John chapter 20. Now what you need to know about John is John was someone who walked alongside Jesus. John was someone who was actually in this first story we're going to read. He was a little earlier. He was in a foot race. We'll talk about that a little later. But there's another character in there who was a friend of John's, and that was Mary. And in verse 11, it says, Now Mary stood outside the tomb. So the tomb is where they buried Jesus. And she stood outside crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. So so, so Mary is outside the tomb. She bends over to look in. But I I want you to catch her demeanor this morning. Because her demeanor is that she's crying. You see, if Mary is filling in the blank right now, she is filling in the blank with, He is dead. Jesus is dead. She watched Him physically. She was there at the foot of the cross. As Jesus died, gave His last breath, He he cries out, It's finished. And everything went dark, and they watched, she watched them take him down and put him in a tomb. And now she's at the tomb. And she's there to anoint him, to make his body smell good. She expects to find a physical body. Verse 13, they asked her, woman, so the, so the two people there, woman, why are you crying? They have taken 
my Lord away. She, she, in her mind at this moment, he is what? He's dead. And I don't know where they put him. At verse 14, at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener. <laughs> How are you like that? You just got, you just came back to life and, and one of the people close to you looks at you and goes, hey, you the gardener? You want to help me trim these trees over here? You see, if she's filling in the blank, she's now filling it in with, he is what? Just a gardener. You see, today, if you're here, and this sounds kind of crazy to think this way, but if you're here and you go, man, this Jesus character, Jesus, he's just a gardener. You see, as a gardener for Mary, all he would have is information on where a body was. That, that, that's what she's stepping into this moment going is, hey, someone's taken the body. Where have they put, where have they put the body? Thinking he was the gardener. She says, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him. What's she looking for? Tell me where you put him. Tell me where the body is today. And I will get him. Hey, y'all, this, this is really, really important to establish our faith today. That someone who was there is an eyewitness. If you're here today and you go, man, I don't believe, I don't know if I believe this Jesus thing. I don't know like where I stand on it. It sounds kind of crazy. You're, you're in great company. You don't have to be ashamed. You're not crazy. Because the very people who were with Jesus believed that they would find what? A body. The very people who walked alongside Jesus believed that there was going to be a moment when they were going to find the body. She's going, hey, hey, do me a favor, gardener. Would you tell me where he is? And I'll go get him. If you tell me, I'll, I, I just, just tell me where he is. Jesus said to her, Mary. Mary, one word, shortest sermon in the history of sermons. Some of you were wishing my sermon was that short right now. Sun's getting hot. Mary. She turned around toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father, your Father, to my God, your God. Mary Magdalene went to disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. Okay, hold up, hold up. We got, we got to do some work real quick. You ready? She believed he was dead. She's looking for a body. And the only thing that changed that for her is she saw who? The living, alive Jesus standing in front of her. y'all this is monumental because what happened in her world she went from he is dead to he is what alive and it changed everything about her she went from crying 
to running into a room and telling her best friend, I have seen, and notice her next word, because it's really important where we're heading. I have seen the Lord. What does she declare to be true about him? Not only is he alive, but he is Lord. He's over it all. Man, there's another character. You're probably familiar with him if you've been around the Bible at all. You know, you know the term doubting Thomas? You ever been called a doubting Thomas? Some of you are like, I never heard that. Well, you can Google it. But Thomas is a guy, right? Thomas is one who's been with Jesus. And Thomas, man, we don't know. He was down at Fry's or Sprouts, and he was getting some groceries for the team. And, and, and man, the rest of the team was back at the house. And, and, and Jesus, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, shows up in Thomas's world. He shows up in the house, not in Sprouts. Right? He didn't show up at Fry's or Walmart. Because you know there's always three stops when you go shopping. It's never just one. But Jesus shows up in a room that's locked and he shows up to the the other disciples. Well, Jesus leaves, Thomas comes back, he got all the groceries and and he's probably a little mad because he's the only one carrying the groceries. And then on top of that, he gets back and guess what they do? The same cheer you gave, that's what Thomas gets greeted with, right? Thomas, you wouldn't believe it, man. Jesus was here. And, And Thomas is a little bit of an emotional dude. Like all the way through the scriptures, like Thomas is responding emotionally, like like it's it's out of control, right? Jesus tells him he's going away to prepare a place, and Thomas is like, "How? How we ever find you?" Right? Like he's just he's that guy. Everybody got that friend, right? The one that's emotionally charged, right? And so while they're celebrating, they're telling him how great it is, and and, and this should be a moment when Thomas enter, enters into it. It should be a moment when Thomas begins to celebrate. It should be a moment when Thomas, like, like, like erupts. Thomas goes, I will not believe. I will not believe. It's never going to happen. I mean, it's, it's that friend. You know, you know, you got that friend that's always never, right? Thomas is that guy. I'll never believe unless, unless I physically put my finger in the nail marks and my hand in his side. It says one week later, <laughs> notice where Thomas is not. He ain't shopping. He's with them, right? Thomas is like, no, 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 you tricked me once. You ain't tricking me twice. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. It says a week later, they're gathered in a room. And in that room, it says Jesus shows up. Now, remember, if Thomas is riding in his blanket this moment, that entire week, he's written that blanket as what? He is dead. Thomas has filled that in going, I don't believe he's alive. Thomas has filled that in going, I've heard the stories, but the stories are a little too far-fetched for me. I've seen you guys celebrate, but but that's for you, not for me. And, And so Thomas is in the room and Jesus shows up and guess what Jesus does? Hey, Tom, you, you, you wanna, you know, you want to stick your finger through my hand? Go ahead. It's all you, bro. And Thomas is like, no, nah, I'm good. I get it. You want to know what Thomas's exact words are? My Lord, my God. My Lord, my God. 
He has just rewritten his blank. He has just gone, Jesus, Jesus is alive. And because Jesus is alive, then Jesus is Lord and Jesus is God. What he's stating in that moment is, hey, you're over everything. I am subject now, in this moment, I am subject to you, my Lord and my God. Jesus is alive. That's the second count. If you're here today and you're keeping track, that's the second count of a human who was with Jesus. Thomas walked with Jesus. That's the second count of a human who was with Jesus who turned from believing he was dead to crying out and telling the world he's alive. You know how Thomas died? It's believed that he died at the hands of Hindu priests because he was converting too many of them. How did he convert him? You ever think of that? He didn't have the Bible. He didn't go and take the Bible and preach to them. What do you think he did? Hey, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. I was in a room that was locked, and I was with my buddies, and I didn't believe it. I didn't believe what they said. I thought they were just like yanking my chain. I thought they were just like hoaxing me. We were going to be on punk together, right? And, 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 and all of a sudden, Jesus showed up. Thomas's message was, hey, I got a story to tell you. And the story is the tomb's empty and that changes everything. Okay, I know we've been here a little bit, but there should be cheering at least in the back section. Because if they're cheering in the back, it always comes forward. You know how that works, right? Thomas's only message was, hey, there was an event that happened and that event is worth giving my life for and that event is there was a guy who told us hey I'm going to die and he died and he also told us I'm going to come back to life and he came back to life I don't know about you but this gets real simple I'm not a math guy I hated those by the way when you went to school and they're like show your work no thanks right but I'm not a math guy, but, but this seems pretty simple to me. Can I break it down real quick? If there is somebody who predicts with over 300 prophecies their own death, and, and that person predicts that they will come to life on the third day, and that person does that, I'm willing to follow that person anywhere. Like, that's not hard. And you see, what happens is when we begin to fill in the blank, if I, if I start to fill in the blank with, he is alive, that changes who I am. That changes how I'm wired. Because if my God is alive, then I can actually have communion. I can actually talk to my God. It's just crazy. There's another story, and, it, and it's... And you might be sitting there going, gosh, hang on, hang on, right? Because these are eyewitness accounts. These aren't just any stories. These are people who sat where we do going, I don't know if I can believe this. I saw this happen. Eh. This is the game changer, church. If we only have one message for the rest of our lives, this is the message. This is what changes the world. There's a road to Emmaus. It was a seven-mile walk. And there was two people walking down that road. And as they're walking down that road, right, out of nowhere, 
Jesus shows up. But it's one of those where, like, Jesus doesn't reveal himself, you know? It's, like, not a full reveal yet. Which I don't know how that worked. I don't know how that worked. That's just what it says. But they're walking along, and they're having a conversation. And they're talking specifically about the events that have just happened. The events are this man that claimed to be God, who claimed to be the Savior of the world. Guess what? He died. And they're processing that as they're walking because they've been hanging out with the Jesus crowd and they've seen Jesus die. And so they're walking and they're processing it. And uh, Jesus comes up. He's like, hey, hey, what's y'all talking about? And they're like, the events that have happened. And he's like, what happened? (laughs) Come on, Jesus. You ever, you ever, okay, if you ever think Jesus is too serious... This is the resurrected Jesus. He just conquered death. He just won. And he's walking with two guys on the road just punking them the whole time, right? Like, so what happened? Like, oh, oh, okay. And they look at him like, are you stupid? Like, have you not heard? Where have you been? How can you not know this? And Jesus walks with them for a long time. And the phrase that they use with him is they look at him and they go, are you a visitor? Why is that so significant? Because in that moment, what they're framing up Jesus with is they're just saying, hey, you're just passing through. He's just a traveler. He's distant. He, he's, he's just on his way somewhere else. And I guarantee you, there's some of you that sit here today And as you sit here today, you think Jesus is disinterested in your life. You think Jesus has got bigger things to do. You think Jesus is is moving through to something else. And they go, man, are you you just a visitor today? And, And as they walk along the road, it flips. Because Jesus begins to tell them all the things that he has from the scriptures, right? He tells them the story of God. And then they get to the house and Jesus, Jesus is like, all right, guys, see you later. It was fun. And they're like, no, 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 no. you got to come in. You got to come in. You got to come in. Stay with us. And it says that Jesus went inside and he took bread and he began to break the bread and he began to give it to them. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, their eyes are open. And they're like, you are Jesus. And they jump up from that table because Jesus disappears. They jump up from that table. They walk seven miles back to go and tell other people what? Hey, we have seen, and this is the word they use. He's no longer a visitor. They don't go back and go, hey, we met this guy on the road. He was really weird. Like he, I don't know. They go back and they go, hey, we met the Lord. We've seen the Lord. We've seen the risen Savior. I need some help preaching this message. So I got to get somebody real quick. Okay. Y'all do me a favor. This is my baby girl, Farah. Would you say hi, Farah? You having a good Easter? Yeah, you want to talk in the mic? She don't want to talk in the mic. Um, when I asked her if she would do this, her first answer was no. And then I told her, 
hey, I'll be there the whole time and I'll hold your hand the whole time. And she said, okay, I'll do it. And I kept asking her during the week, like, you go, you okay doing this, right? You okay? And, and I want to use that for just a second to frame up something for you. She's only standing here because of who she believes I am. She's only standing here because if she's filling in a blank about he is being me, she believes I'm not leaving her. So she has the courage now to stand here in front of you. She, she, believes, she believes that I'm strong enough to stand in this moment with her, which you need to know that makes her strong in this moment. You see, the way she frames me up determines how she frames herself up. You see, if I'm angry, then she's going to be framed up as scared. See how that works? You see, if I'm, if I'm distant from her and not involved, and she doesn't think I care, then she's going to feel alone and isolated. You see, if, if, if all I do is put her down, then she is never going to stand up. Because the way she frames me frames her. The fact that if she's standing here and she goes, you're good, that means she can step into this moment and go, you're trustworthy. Because everything that she thinks I am defines who she is. Still not getting high. Still not getting. Like, is it is it starting to click yet? This is us and God. And today, how you define God defines the struggle that you're in. You see, if you don't think God is good today, then I guarantee you, you're going to struggle to see your life as something that is orchestrated by Him. See, if, if she sees me as provider, then everything, she has no worry. You know that? She never wakes up worrying if she's going to have clothes. She never once wakes up going, Dad, how are we getting food today? She just trusts that Dad's going to what? Right, she's probably more like Mom's going to put food on the table, right? But she just trusts. She just trusts. Because of how she views us. So would you give her a hand real quick? Hey, we starting to get what Easter's about yet? How you frame Jesus changes everything. There's a moment... And it's captured just before the story we read about Mary. And it's Peter and John. Okay? Everybody say Peter and John so we don't forget them. Peter and John. Okay. So Peter and John, they're in a foot race. Right? They're my kind of people. They're competitive. Right? They're, they're, they're all in. They hear from Mary that, hey, something happened with the tomb. He's not there. And they go running, just like we talked about up top. They go running as fast as they can towards the tomb. And as they get to the tomb, John makes sure we know who wins. 
He doesn't say John, but he says the other disciple. Well, there's only two of them, and one's named Peter. Right? Figure it out. So John gets there first, but it says John stopped short of the line. You see, the tomb is there, but John is here. And I think it's significant because what happens next is Peter comes running past John into the tomb. And I think it's significant for today because what I I need you to understand is this. That if you're here and you're like John and you've never crossed that line of faith into the tomb, I need you to hear something. John needed Peter to go first to know that when Peter came out and he was still alive, it was okay to go in. There's a whole bunch of people here. If you're short of the line today, I need the people who recognize the tomb is empty to give up an almighty cry. If you know the tomb is empty, a mighty cry. Let's go. Because what that signifies to you, what that signifies to you is if you're like John and you've stopped short of the line. There's a whole bunch of people that have gone into the tomb and discovered it's empty and come out of the tomb, leaving all of death behind. And you need to know it's safe today to cross that line of faith. You know, it's an interesting thing, the church, the way we have it set up. Because there's a whole bunch of people that hang around the church. There's a whole bunch of people that went to church when they were younger. There's a whole bunch of people that go through the motions with church. There's a whole bunch of people that, that, man, they've heard more sermons about Jesus, but they've never actually met Jesus. You've never actually crossed that line into the tomb. Oh, you're here and you've heard the story and you can cheer about the tomb being empty, but you've never actually stepped into the tomb for yourself to discover it's empty. And what you need to know today is John, who was scared, John steps over that line and goes into the tomb. And when he goes into the tomb, it says that he saw and he believed. He went from he is dead to he is alive. And it changed everything. Because later what happens is John writes about that experience. And you know what word he captures the whole thing with? Love. 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 That's the story of John's mission. Every, every time. Love, 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 love. And what he begins to write is that everything that Jesus did was all for love. Now, I got to be honest with you. If I'm Jesus and I cross a universe for you and I take on this frail body and I personify love and, and I, I come to just tell you the way home, And then a whole bunch of people, they just begin to beat me. They arrest me. They accuse me of things that aren't true. They scourge me until my back's ripped open. They put a crown of thorns and mock me as God. Let me tell you. And then they take you and they put you on a cross. Let me tell you. If that's me and I'm bleeding out for you and you're mocking me, Oh boy, when I come back, you better just watch out. If I come back to life, it's on. You know what's crazy about the story? Jesus didn't come back with judgment. Jesus came back with love. It's the greatest twist ever told. He doesn't come back to condemn. 
He doesn't come back and he doesn't, he doesn't come back and, and begin to call out everybody's stuff. He comes back and he simply lets them know I'm alive and I love you. You see, what we discover in that moment is what the tomb actually was, is it was all for love. It was all for love. And so we're going to stand and we're going to sing the song we, we were just singing before I got up here. And it defines for us what love, this thing of all for love, that because of the miracle of the empty tomb, we get to declare that that empty tomb is all for love. It's all for love. That the scars that cried mercy, they're all for love. You have mercy washed over you today. You have a God who stepped on the planet, came back to life to prove that your death is done today. So would you sing with an almighty voice? Here we go, all for love.